today on Tea and Teaching. So a great meeting is one that's highly relevant to your job. You're sitting there going, gosh, I'm really glad I'm here because this is going to help me. Um, so it's relevant and, and it's inclusive. Right, so if you're going to invite people to a meeting, you got to create that environment where they feel fully safe and able to participate. Um, you know, one of the things we found in our research is the greatest predictor of one-on-one effectiveness, meeting effectiveness, is the direct report, the teacher, educator doing the majority of the talking. Therefore, the greatest predictor of ineffectiveness is when the manager does the majority of talking. Meetings need to have a proper close. And this is something that's so often neglected by meeting leaders. Welcome to Tea and Teaching, the educational podcast you can listen to with a cup of tea. I'm Arthur Moore, and with me, as always, is Mike Harrowell. Hi, Mike. Hello, Arthur. How are you today, buddy? That's it. That's all I've got. Hello, Arthur. Um, I'm sad today because I missed an amazing conversation that you had. You really did miss uh, an amazing conversation, Mike. But that's what happens when we speak to guests from around this planet Earth. Yeah, unfortunately, us people with jobs, we just can't make this. But people who have flexi hours, such as yourself, you have that privilege of being able to speak to these international guests that we get. And we had what? Would you like to hear about the guest you missed out on, Mike? Would I? Yes, please. Well, I was lucky, lucky enough to speak today to Stephen Rogenberg, who is a professor of organisational science, management and psychology, Mike. He's the Chancellor's Professor at the University of North Carolina, and I think the first team teaching guest we've had to also um, appear in front of the US Congress. So a pretty big guest today, Mike. Um, yes, yeah, fantastic CV. And, you know, I was lucky enough to listen to this conversation after you recorded it. And um, I can tell you, listeners, this is an absolute beauty. It's, it's so informative. So what I spoke to him about, Mike, was all about meetings. And that's because that is Stephen's kind of area of expertise. It's what he goes around, trains and talks to people about. Uh, he's also the author of two, two, two books, The Surprising Science of Meetings, which I own, have read and think is amazing. And he's got a new book coming out in January, Mike, very soon after this pod goes out, all about one-to-one uh, -one meetings called Glad We Met. So listeners, go away, put the kettle on, get a cup of tea, you're going to come back, you're going to listen to me and Stephen talking, and then we're going to come back after that, and it'll be me and Mike talking and reflecting upon that conversation and about our experiences of meetings in schools. So get the kettle on, get a biscuit, and let's listen to some information about teams and meetings. Welcome to Tea and Teaching. Stephen, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much. It's really good to be here. Oh, it's our absolute pleasure. So we're going to have a quick chat today um, about meetings. Um, and specifically, we're going to be talking about one-to-one -one meetings, which I know you've got a new book coming out all about. So like having worked in loads of schools and had loads of these meetings, organised these meetings and had these meetings... One thing we always find in kind of schools is we are like really time pressured working in kind of those schools. I'm sure you get this as kind of a educator yourself. There's so many more things going on, especially to with our students that meetings kind of often 
fall down our kind of priority list. And maybe we don't put the time and focus into organizing and having those meetings effectively. So I was hoping kind of your background experience, we could have a little chat about like what makes a great meeting and how we can kind of refocus in on that meeting itself. Sure. Um, so a great meeting is one that's highly relevant to your job. You're sitting there going, gosh, I'm really glad I'm here because this is going to help me. Um, so it's relevant and, and it's inclusive. Right? So if you're going to invite people to a meeting, you got to create that environment where they feel fully safe and able to participate. And if teachers and educators can attend meetings that are relevant and inclusive and short, then they could be really meaningful to them. And the short piece is tricky. Um, you know, there's a tendency um, to keep defaulting to these hour-long meetings and such. And people just don't have the, the time and energy, especially educators who are being pulled in so many different directions. You know, there's a, a fascinating research finding called Parkinson's Law. And this is the idea that work expands to fill whatever time is allotted to it. So magically, <laughs> if we schedule a meeting for an hour, it takes an hour. But we can actually use this to our advantage, right? Our meetings in schools, we can set them for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and we'll get it done. And if it's a targeted, inclusive meeting, you know, teachers can actually leave there feeling like they've had an energy boost as opposed to feeling drained by the meeting. Uh, no, I completely agree that the kind of the default hour long meeting is the classic, isn't it? Um, so kind of on that lines, if if I'm organizing a meeting with someone who are, I'm kind of leading that meeting one to one, what can I do before the meeting to make sure that meeting is going to be relevant, is going to be inclusive and is going to be short? Sure. So let's um, back up a little bit. Um, so because since we're focusing on one on one meetings. So one on one meetings are so critical to teachers and educators and in general, the effectiveness of, of the school. You know, one on one meetings are this opportunity to really see the the educators, right, to really engage with them on their terms, to identify what's on their minds and to provide support. You know, working in a school can often feel very isolating as you're being pulled in a million different directions. So one-on-ones are truly that opportunity to empower, engage, and support your, your teachers. So I want to make sure we set the stage with that. Um, then in terms of, you know, having a good one, I love how you frame it. Yeah, there's definitely things you want to think about before, you know, things during and things after. You know, from a before perspective, because a one-on-one is inherently a meeting for the teacher or the educator, not for the manager, you know, it's important to create some type of plan on a plan of action based on what they want to talk about, right? So help them think uh, in advance about the types of topics they can broach in the one-on-one -on -one from the tactical issues that are vexing them on a daily basis, but also bigger picture issues, such as their broader place in the school. So a leader can, a manager can absolutely say, you know, here's a range of things that we could talk about, but I want this to be about you. So start to think about what would be helpful to you. Come to the meeting with a list 
I will also do the same, but we're going to privilege your topics. And if we run out of time, it's going to come out of my topics. So basically the prep is just helping the educator realize that this is going to be their time, their time to get what they need, you know, to continue to be effective. I can completely kind of uh, relate to that going into meetings being like, I, I really want to discuss this. My manager talks for 20 minutes yeah. and says right at the end of the meeting I'm like but, but I had these points I wanted to discuss <laughs> I know can I, let me just tell you something about this because that's I mean that's a great observation um you know one of the things we found in our research is the greatest predictor of one-on-one -on -one effectiveness meeting effectiveness is the direct report the teacher educator doing the majority of the talking therefore the greatest predictor of ineffectiveness is when the manager does the majority of talking. So the best leaders realize that they need to make sure that their voice is not dominating the conversation, but that's actually hard to do. You know, one of the, the findings that I, I get a kick out of talking about in my new book, um, which is called Glad We Met, The Art and Science of One-on-One -on -one Meetings, is the fact that research, these, this brain research is generally found that when people talk, um, it actually fires up the same areas in the brain that good food and sex does. So we talk a lot because it tends to kind of feel pretty good, but we need to be sure to give that gift to the educator, right? Because this meeting is not for us. It's funny that relates a lot to kind of teaching pedagogical theory where we're talking about like, we do a lot of thinking in class, but what we want is our students to be thinking, not us to be kind of talking at them the whole time. And oh, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about with meetings. You are so right. I love that. That is a great connection. Um, you know, one of the things that's I think really neat about the book is, you know, one-on-ones are relevant for the manager to the educator. One-on-ones are relevant for the educator to the student. And it even is relevant when you go back home, you know, and how you engage with your own children. Um, you know, everyone is needing and feeling that they want to be seen. And, you know, these one-on-ones are just that mechanism for bringing kids, right? Making the kids feel seen, you know, making sure that we better understand them and their challenges as a whole person. And, you know, obviously the teacher being seen as well. So kind of when we're, when we're in that meeting, we've agreed upon um, what we're going to talk about. The person mm -hmm. is talking at me um, yep. and I'm listening to them. What should I be kind of very conscious of? in my meeting to make sure that okay. we're both getting something out of this. Love it. So basically when we're having a one-on-one -on -one meeting, we are really meeting their tactical needs and their personal needs, right? So the tactical needs are really about kind of, you know, the practical driving work, driving careers. And the personal needs really refer to how that person feels coming out of that one-on-one. -on -one. So the practical needs is like a good meal and the personal needs are like the service. And if you have a great meal, but bad service, you leave there not feeling so good. And so as a leader in a one-on-one, -on -one, you wanna be focused on both of those things. And so the practical, you know, that tends to be driven by the action plan. The personal really is driven by the leader truly listening, engaging, um, offering help, being kind and supportive, even being vulnerable, right? Because when we are a little bit vulnerable, it tends to bring out vulnerability in others. 
The leader also is actively asking the educator for their input with regard to the solutions. So as opposed to just saying, hey, here's what you should do, you know, they're actually working through a process and asking questions to help the educator find the answer, ideally on their own. And obviously if they can't, you know, the manager can, can you know, share their point of view. But ultimately you create more safety and inclusion to the extent that the manager is in this facilitation mode, right? Bringing out the voice, listening carefully, asking great questions. And that keeps reminding us again that the meeting is for the dir direct report, the educator, not us. And can I also use those questions to make sure that we stay on topic? Because I'm sure you've been loads of meetings where we go off on topic, we wanted to talk about this, or the person wanted to talk to me about that. I can use those questions to kind of make sure we refocus on the person's goals or what they want to talk about initially. Sure. Um, I love as an opening question to ask the direct, what are the most important things you want to make sure that we complete by the end of this conversation? So let's know what our key targets are and prioritize those. But I will say, if the educator is, you know, they want to keep talking about topic X and they keep going, I mean, we kind of have to let them, right? Because this is what's on their mind. And we're trying to conduct this meeting you know, again, for them. So if they're spending a lot of time on topic X, go for it. You could certainly remind them, hey, you know, I know you wanted to maybe cover topic Y and Z, but if you don't want to go there, that's fine. I want to make sure this is valuable for you. I really like the idea of before the meeting saying like, what do we actually want to get out of this meeting? I know you, there was a big chapter on that in your first book, The Surprising Science Meetings. And that's something I've used a lot when I was leading team meetings. Fair enough. Before we do anything, what do we want to get out of this meeting yeah. rather than just filling the hours you kind of said um so let's say the meeting's happened it's been a good meeting i want to just make sure that we've kind of maybe taken away the same things quite often in education as you know like they have to quickly run out the door and run back to their lesson mm -hmm. there's not normally that nice five minutes at the end where we can kind of walk back and get a cup of tea or coffee so what can i do post meeting to make sure we both kind of agree actually maybe what happened in that meeting Meetings need to have a proper close. And this is something that's so often neglected by meeting leaders. So really with two minutes, three minutes before the meeting ends, you actually need to stop. And you need to say, all right, let's just do a quick recap. Here's what we covered. Um, here's what we both agreed to do. Did I get that right? You know, here's what we'll talk about next time. So we do want to have a close. It should never just be this frantic rush out of the meeting. It needs to come, a proper close needs to come out of the meeting itself. And then you take notes, both parties take notes, and then they can exchange those notes of actions. That could be done post-meeting to make sure everyone's on the same page. But basically we want a proper wrap up. And by the way, another good thing is to try to end on a positive. Even when we're delivering, you know, critical or discussing hard, difficult issues, we can still end on a positive. And so look for it, right? So by ending on a positive, you wind up helping build the self-efficacy of the educator, allowing them to return to the classroom with a little bit more of a hop in their step. And the positive doesn't mean, you know, just saying, oh, you're great. You're great. It could just be, I know we talked about hard stuff today but I'm there for you and I believe in you. I know we can do this. 
And so look for opportunities to help elevate the person as they walk out the physical or virtual door. And sometimes, even if you haven't quite got to where you want the meeting to end, at least you can say, well, we're nearer to our goal. We understand. Maybe we haven't solved the problem, but we now know what the question is. Exactly. And that's also part of that close. So the, the close is seeing, you know, where did we go? What did we complete? But where do we have yet to go? Um, but I'll tell you, it's so interesting how few one-on-ones and meetings in general have that proper close. That's definitely something um, I'm going to think about next time I kind of are talking to someone one to one. As we start to wrap up this conversation, then Stephen, um, I've already mentioned uh, your first book, and you kind of mentioned your new book. Uh, do you want to give us a bit more? Kind of when's that book coming out? Um, sure. What's it going to be about? Who should be buying that book? Thank you so much. Um, so first of all, let me um, make everyone aware of my website. Um, so it's just my name.com, stevenrogelberg.com, S-T-E-V-E-N-R-O-G-E-L-B-E-R-G.com. And I have a ton of resources there. And um, so I definitely encourage people to visit there. Um, there's also that, that web page is featuring and profiling my new book. And I really appreciate um, you know, the opportunity to talk about. It. So it comes out uh, January 9th. Um, it's published by Oxford. And it's a really unique book. Um, it brings both the science of one-on-one -on -one meetings as well as the art of one-on-one -on -one meetings to leaders. And it just gives people evidence-based choices to navigate this space that we are often never trained on. We think we're good at it, but we're not as good at it as we think we are. And so this book just lays out choices. And that's the beauty of it because it's not prescribing a path saying do A, B, and C, and it's going to be great because the science doesn't work that way. It basically says, you know, here are a variety of options and you need to think about your situation and here are the key things to think about and then make some choices, try to act aligned with the science because it improves the chances of everyone walking out of that meeting saying that was good. And the really neat thing about the book is it takes both the perspective of the manager and running one-on-ones, but it also takes the perspective of the educator, the direct report, and what they need to do. Because after all, it takes two to tango. So we want to make sure that the, the educator, the direct, also make sure you know, that they do the kind of the behaviors to assure success. And then finally, the book's learnings are so applicable to conversations with children. Um, you know, the keys to having good engagements with adults it's pretty much follows as good practices for kids. So the book is a quick read that really brings together the art and science of this absolutely essential activity that is, you know, important to individual success, teacher success, leader success, and school success. Yeah, as I said, I remember reading the first book as I was just moving into my first kind of middle middle management role and leading meetings. And I took so much away from that book and implemented it in those meetings. So I'm really looking forward to Thank you. Uh, kind of one-to-one -one aspects, especially as you said, it does go into kind of having those meetings, kind of inverted commas, with your children or your students or stuff like that, yeah. which is something we all do. Just before we end, Stephen, I've just got to ask, because there's some great stats on your website about how many meetings there are and how many of those are one-to-one. So should we just end with, because I just think they're brilliant stats on how many one-to-one -one meetings there actually are going on. So basically 
extrapolating um, from various data samples and surveys. Um, it appears that there's around a billion meetings a day around the globe, and at least 200 million of them appear to be one-on-one -on -one meetings. And so obviously that's a lot. Um, at the same time, our research generally suggests that around 50% appear to be suboptimal in terms of their effectiveness. At the same time, leaders tend to think they're better at doing these things than their direct reports indicate. <laughs> so you have this activity that's highly common that people aren't getting right, but has amazing potential to do good. And, you know, after I wrote The Surprising Science of Meetings, I didn't think I was going to do an, another book unless there was something really important I needed to say. And I really felt that way with these one-on-one -on -one meetings. It just feels like an unbelievable opportunity for people to truly elevate others and teams. That feels a really nice place to end our conversation, Stephen. Uh, thank you so much for your time for coming on Team Teaching. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's really my pleasure. And thank you for taking an interest in the science of meetings and one-on-ones. And listeners, uh, I'll be back in a moment with Mike Harrowell to talk a bit more about meetings in schools. <laughs> And we're back, listeners, and in front of me talking is no longer Stephen, but the equally qualified Mike Harrell. Mike, welcome back. I would say the significantly underqualified Mike Harrell. Have you appeared in front of the US Congress? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, um, well, um, we'll work on that. We'll work on that, no doubt. Um, what did you think of that conversation, Mike? I thought it was very topical, actually, because it's something I've been struggling with. And I think I've probably, in reflecting on it, listening to that conversation, probably struggled with my whole teaching career because you come into the classroom and, and you're a good teacher and then you go for promotion and you get it because you're a good teacher, primarily because you're a good teacher uh, and you interview well. And then suddenly someone says, well, you're line managing that person, so you need to meet with them regularly. And you need to be really effective at what you're doing. But no one ever sits you down and tells you, here's how to be effective at line managing an individual or meeting with an individual or working with others. So it's something I think I've struggled with throughout my career. And listening today to that conversation was enlightening. It, it gave me so many fresh ideas to bring to the conversations I have with colleagues. And I think it's that real thing about one-to-one -one meetings is they're such an important part of kind of the school fabric because it's how we improve as teachers. It's how we quite often come up with plans for our department or our own careers or even the, the big ideas that kind of help the whole school run are done in these one-to-one -one meetings. But as you said, like we just don't have much training, if any, or like expertise in actually how to make those meetings reproductive in an environment like schools, which is stressful and really time stressful. Like we don't have much time for these meetings. Um, and we spoke about that, me and Stephen, didn't we? We spoke about like, they don't have to be these hour, they don't have to be these even 30 minute chunk of meetings that I don't know, Outlook dictates they must be. They're like a meeting can be any time frame, And I think that's a really good thing to take away straight away. Look at your one-to-ones. Do they have to be an hour? What, and if they are an hour, why are they an hour? Is that because that's just the time you've been allocated? But why are, is that the best use of that hour for everyone involved? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's sometimes a feeling that if I don't do the full hour, I'm not being effective. I'm not managing that person. I'm not getting the most out of that conversation. And in fact, you know, listening to that conversation, the the prep that you do before can be the main impact. That can bring so much more outcome from that conversation than just the longevity of the meeting. You know, them bringing a list, you bring in a list, prioritizing their points because they're the things that that person wants to talk to you about. You know, it's it's making the conversation relevant, like you said, it's making it inclusive. And that ultimately will create that shorter, more effective meeting as opposed to a meeting that goes on for 60 minutes because you've got a set agenda you've got to get through or there's certain things you feel that you need to discuss every single time. And that person ends up not feeling heard or not getting the things out that they want to get out of the meeting as well. One thing that I really like Stephen spoke about, and this ties into what you're saying there, is there's two aspects of that meeting. There's the kind of thing that you want to convey as the person leading, leading the meeting, but there's also that, that, that personal aspect of the person who you are meeting and what they want to have from the conversation. And ultimately, that's more important. You are line managing them. You are helping them with whatever they want to talk about. And he spoke about that initial question when you sit down of like, what do you want to get out of today's meeting? I think it's just something that people can take straight away from this. And you can implement that tomorrow when you sit down that one-to-one. The first thing you say, what do you want to get out of this meeting? And that immediately gives the, the meeting focus. It gives it structure, but it also makes sure it's relevant to what you want to talk about in that moment. And that was one of Stephen's key points of it needs to be relevant to what you both need to get out of that meeting. Yeah. And that sometimes I come in when I'm managing others and I come in with a, I think this is really important. We need to speak about this or maybe my line managers raise something with me and says, well, you need to speak to that person about this. And it's fresh on my mind. And I think it's important. But the whole time I'm speaking to that person, all they're thinking about is but I need to speak about something different. This is really bothering me or this is coming up and this is a big issue for me. They're not engaging with what you're talking about and you're almost talking for the sake of talking as opposed to engaging in a powerful conversation. And that's definitely something I've taken away from that conversation. And I think it works for one-to-one. It also works for group meetings. I know I've done this and I'm fairly sure I did it because I've read it in the first book, The Surprise in Science of Meetings. It's when you sit down in that one-to-one or in a group, the first thing you say is, is there any reason we can't focus on what we're going to discuss in this meeting? Because someone might say, do you know what, actually, like I've just had a phone call from home and something's, and I'm really not in the headspace for this meeting. There's no point having that meeting. Or someone might say, do you know what, Mike, I just had an awful, awful lesson. And you talking to me about like the wider school plan is not where my head is at right now. Like, so make sure you're sitting down with that person being like, just you're on the same page. What are we going to talk about today and why are we talking about that? And most importantly, is it what you want to talk about right now, not what I need to talk to you about as your line manager? Yeah, and it goes back to that that question, wasn't it? What are the most important things you want to make sure we complete today? Prioritizing those conversations and making sure that, you know, but maybe you've got two things you really want to complete today, but I've got one that I really want to complete. So let's make sure we prioritize those to make sure we give our full attention to those all the other little bits and pieces we can either do via an email or we can just pick, mop up at the end. Um, but let's give the time to the things that we really want to talk about. And then what's nice in the meeting is you can use questioning to kind of either make sure that you stay on track or to make sure that that person wants to stay on track. So if they start going off on tangents, you can say like, well, 
a minute ago you said you wanted to talk about this. Do you want to keep like I'm happy to talk about this, but what do you want to focus on? And they might say, Oh, yeah, actually, I didn't mean to talk about that. Or they might say, actually, yeah, that was the root of why this happened. That lesson, my kind of maybe my assessment in the lesson didn't go well because of something that had happened beforehand. And now I need to just talk about that. But it's about that communication within the meeting of not just what are we talking about, but is this what we want to be talking about? And that will help meetings be short and focused, which is like so important in teaching, isn't it? How many times have you had meetings where like, oh, I could be planning right now or I could be doing some marking right now? Yeah, yeah, and your head's elsewhere, definitely. And you're thinking, come on, just get to the point. Let's just talk about what we need to talk about and let me get back to the million and one other things I've got to do. I love the fact that he talked about that proper close to the meeting as well. Not just the kind of, okay, any other business? No, all right, well, we're done here. Enjoy the rest of your day. Like, let's recap the key points from our meeting. Make sure we're both understanding what we've got out of the meeting and what we've agreed to do moving forward. And then exchanging notes. Like, electronic notes, just have a, a OneDrive or have a shared document. Right, I'm going to type up some notes of what I've taken. Can you go through and add anything you got from this conversation as well? And actually have a shared, a collaborative approach to that. I've sat in meetings before, um, and I'm the one line managing someone and I'm the one making all the notes while I'm trying to talk to them and they're sat there nodding along not making any notes and you're not really giving them attention are you I'm worrying more about what my minutes look like so I can send them to them and make sure next week I can go through points arising and action points and stuff like this but I'm not listening to them I'm listening to record as opposed to listen to listen and I think that's what you said, just a couple of minutes before the meeting's end, stop the conversation, no matter kind of what, and say like, right, we know we need to end because literally the bell is about to go and we need to go do this. Let's just recap. Did we cover the things that you wanted to talk about? If not, like, let's make a note of that and we'll make sure that that's our point for next week. Um, and if we did cover those things, what have we said we're going to do? And I think also kind of building on that is if you agree something, like actually agree what you're going to do with kind of a time frame. So not just say, oh, I'm going to do this. And this is on both parts. Well, I said I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this by our meeting next week. I will have done this. Or by next Friday, you're going to have sent me this. But make sure you leave a meeting with that kind of being agreed. There's nothing worse than a couple of days later. Is it some comes? Oh, did you do that film we agreed? You, you said it had to be done by this term. Oh, no, I meant this week. And then like that starts to break down the trust that you're kind of building up with each other. Yeah, I had a line manager once who we would discuss things and it was all sort of, high level conversation not high level conversations but there were we never got into the nitty gritty or something they never like right we're gonna action it by doing this and then they come to me a few days later and they'd be like have you done that thing we spoke about and i'm like but we never agreed what we were going to do <laughs> they're like yeah but we spoke about it so i assumed you were going to go away and do it so yeah be really really clear in terms of what you thought you got out of that conversation and what you're going to do moving forward. Because if you agree that at the end, there's no shades of gray. Everyone knows what was expected of them by the time you next meet. And also the very end there, we spoke about saying something nice at the end of meeting, leaving on that positive. And quite often, say you're like an assistant head, you might not have a lesson that you're about to walk into. You might have another meeting or you might have half an hour where you're kind of in your office, kind of in your own zone. You can kind of process stuff. But the person you meet might literally about to walk out that room straight into a room of 31 students. And it may be a class they're, they're struggling with. It might be something you've discussed that meeting of like, I'm really struggling with this class. 
and you want them to go in a positive mindset. So after you've kind of gone through that nitty gritty of what we're actually going to do, make sure you end with that positive. And it, it can be anything is what that is, but make sure everyone's leaving that room and that kind of that mindset where they can go back and then work with the young people in our schools. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, you're doing a terrible job. And at the end of the meeting, keep up the good work. <laughs> you know, if, if you're delivering some bad news or some you know, constructive criticism, you know, at the end, it's like, I know you're going to get there. Just focus on the things we talked about today. Or I know, you know, I know that you can do this and that you're, you are making really good progress. Let's just keep focusing on these things and just let them know that, that things aren't going terribly just because you've addressed one thing that's maybe not great in that meeting. And sometimes you can end with a really leading conversation of um, what you're looking forward to this weekend, what you're looking forward to the rest of the school, and they'll give you something they're looking forward to. And then at least we're going out. The thing we're leaving the room with is that kind of that last positive vibe rather than, oh no, Mike Harrell's just, I don't know, been yelling at me for 20 minutes, which I'm sure you do. Mike Harrell never yells. I've never heard you. No, I don't think I've ever heard you yell. No, um, which makes no. it even more effective when I do, Arthur. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that conversation, Mike. It was sad you weren't there. Sad for me, but fantastic for our listeners that we were able to get a guest like that to talk about a really, really important part of school, which has a massive impact in classrooms, yet maybe isn't necessarily high up on people's training priority lists. No, absolutely. And it's something I think we can all ask myself is how 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 many hours are you spending in your school week in meetings? And then ask yourself, do you need to be spending those hours? But also, if you're going to be in those meetings for those hours, how can you make them really great meetings? Um, and I think that's where speaking to people outside of education is great. Um, I would really recommend the two books that uh, Stephen mentioned glad we met the one-to-one -one focus which is what we spoke about today there's loads of stuff there in working with children and your children or students but also kind of going through his other book the surprise in science and meetings I think is a brilliant book as someone who has read it got it on his kindle like it's a great read um maybe maybe that could be your Christmas present Mike we're recording this before Christmas maybe you could ask for that for Christmas I look forward to you buying it for me for Christmas <laughs> And on that note, um, let's finish on a positive, Mike. What a pleasure it's been once again talking to you. It's been wonderful talking to you and listening to you as well this episode. And listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tea and Teaching enjoyed the content of this episode please feel free to share it with other educators and if you're able to please leave a review on the platform and as always thank you for listening to tea and teaching <laughs>